Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Tim Moen Show. It's been a month. It's been a month. I can't believe I've been gone that long. Uh, you know, you boys got things to do. I got landscaping to do. I got fires to fight. You know, I got uh, got the old honeydew list to check things off. But uh, I'm back. There's been a lot of stuff to catch up on. Uh, but the latest thing making its round on social media today is uh, is Jonah Hill. You know, the actor? Well, apparently his ex leaked a text of him. And it's creating a split on the intertubes, the interwebs, on the world wide web about, uh, about whether Jonah Hill's a good guy or a bad guy, about what, whether what he's doing is uh, good or bad. And I thought this would be an interesting thing to talk about, and I couldn't think of anyone better to talk about than uh, with my daughter, Summer. Hello, Summer, hello. Welcome to the Tim Moen Show. I haven't had you on here before. I know. But uh, you know what? I thought this would be a good thing to talk about because it uh, it's all about relationships. You're in a relationship. I'm in a relationship. I've been hit by a guy before in a relationship. Oh, boy. Yeah, we won't. Uh, we can talk about that, too. Uh, but but this, you know, we've learned a lot of lessons together as a family about relationships. Uh, it's watching you and Sarah, uh, my other daughter, go through relationships and uh you know, seeing the dynamics play out and learning how to be in a relationship. I thought maybe we could provide, uh, you know, the Tim Moen audience with a little bit of, uh, of wisdom about our lessons. But I, I have no idea what you think about this Jonah Hill controversy. Yeah. But let's get right into it. I'm curious to know what your thoughts are here, Summer. Uh, we haven't talked about this beforehand. I just said, hey, why don't you come on and let's let's yeah. talk about this. Because this is the kind of stuff we probably talk about at the dinner table anyways. Okay. So let's read the big text that is uh, leaked that is getting Noah or no Jonah. I, I knew it was a biblical character. <laughs> Jeez, getting mixed up with your brother. Okay, here it is. Jonah sends this text to his uh, girlfriend. Plain and simple. If you need surfing with men, boundaryless, inappropriate friendship with men, to model, to post pictures of yourself in a bathing suit, to post sexual pictures, friendships with women who are in unstable places and from your wild recent past beyond getting a lunch or coffee or something respectful, any of that, I'm not the right partner for you. If these things bring you to a place of happiness, I support it and there'll be no hard feelings. These are my boundaries for a romantic partnership. My boundaries with you based on the ways these actions have hurt our trust. All right. Uh, so a little backstory, Jonah, I guess, was dating the surfer girl and uh, didn't like instructor. surfer instructor, didn't like the way she was, uh, didn't, didn't like some of her behaviors or some of her actions or whatever. All right, Summer, what are your thoughts here? First, I'm like, well, if you don't want a girl that posts bathing suits on Instagram, maybe you shouldn't have dated a surf instructor, Word. but I digress. Um I'm noticing a trend on social media where people are using what we call therapy language and they're using it to weaponize people. So he's mm. saying, these are my boundaries. These are the things I need in romantic partnership. Those are not boundaries. Those are contingencies and ultimatums. Mm. You're weaponizing. I'll love you, but only if you get rid of these things. Right. And, and that actually reminds me of this other, uh, social media post someone else posted about that very issue of boundaries uh this erna landrum 
a lot of people are posting this and who are saying, yeah, Jonah is weaponizing therapeutic language here. She says, yeah. yo, I've been, I've seen entirely too many people saying people have a right to their boundaries without knowing what a boundary is. A boundary is a line you draw around yourself where if crossed, you have preemptively determined what your responses will be. A boundary is not a set of rules to impose upon another person's clothing, colleagues, friends, or social media posts. A boundary is not an attempt to change another person's behavior. Here is a boundary. I found that your social media presence makes me a bit insecure, so I'm going to unfollow your accounts. Here is not the fuck a boundary. I have found that your social media presences makes me feel insecure, so you must change how you post to social media. One is managing one's own capacity. The other is controlling bullshit. Y'all here calling wildly controlling and manipulative behavior boundary setting. And it's upsetting to me and my home girl. All right. So that's, that's, she, she thinks that uh, Jonah's use of the word boundary is wrong. Um, I, I can, uh, you know, there, there's two arguments here, right? There's, there's a semantic argument about whether uh, Noah or no Jesus. I keep getting them mixed up. Biblical characters. This is like this is like. Remember when Quinn called uh, Moses? Oh, it was Moses. I thought it yeah. was when Jonah parted the right Red Sea. Yeah, um, no, he, he uh, thought he thought Noah. Moses. Yeah, yeah. He, no, but yeah. he he thought uh, uh, Noah, Noah parted the Red Sea, Red right? Sea. Yeah, he yeah. mixed up I mean, his yeah, biblical yeah. stories. It was so funny. yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> that's what I'm doing here. Um, okay, so what did Jonah do in the Bible? So, so, so there are two, there are two um, different issues that I see here. One is an argument or a debate about what a boundary is, and the other is whether uh, Jonah was being manipulative or inappropriate in his message to this girl. So, so let's take these as separate things. Um, so, a boundary, she says here, is I found your social media presence to make me be a bit uns insecure and therefore I'm going to unfollow your account. So would it be, would a better way for Jonah to word a boundary set, set be like, I find your behavior uh, makes me feel a bit insecure. So I'm going to uh, unrelationship you. Would that be a boundary? Like breaking up with her? Yeah. So I'm going to break up with you. Would that be a boundary summer or no? Yeah, I mean, when I was thinking about what I would say if I was in that situation and what the boundary would look like, I just kind of kept bringing myself back to why did you pick a girl that works in a bathing suit? Right. That would be like me being a model and Quinn being like, I don't like the modeling pictures you post. Well, bitch, I was a model before we met. That's my job. Right. So your contention is Jonah made a mistake in dating her. But okay, well, you get into a relationship and you realize, oh, okay, this is problematic behavior. Or let's say oh, some people have different expectations, right? Well, actually, everyone has an expectation that their partner will be different when they get into a relationship with you, right? So for example, if I'm sleeping with uh, lots of women, your mom might expect that when we enter into a committed relationship, I stop sleeping with all these women. I don't get to say, Hey, you knew I was a male slut and you went with me anyways. And so don't try to control me by laying out these boundaries or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and we all do that. Right. And the other expectation she might have of me is that, you know, I don't hang out. I don't, 
prioritize time with the boys or uh, spending money in a particular way or do the things I, I used to do on a regular basis before we got into the relationship. And so um, what would a way your mom could communicate that to me that would not be viewed as manipulative or something like that? You know what I mean? What would be a healthy way? Yeah. Well, boundaries. But I want to say like. <laughs> well, yeah, but that isn't that right? exactly what Jonah Hill did here? He's like, look. No. Okay. I don't think so. He set ultimatums. He said, get rid of these things or else you can't have my love. Or you can't, you can't have, be in a relationship with me. Yeah. But, but, but isn't it an ultimatum for your mom to say to me then, hey, you can't sleep with all these women or I'm not in this relationship. I yeah. mean, but yeah, I, I think that would, I think that would be a fair thing for her to say, just say, yes. look, I, I, I'm going to yeah. set a boundary here and exit this relationship because I can't be with this. Yes. So the, so the ultimatum would be, you need to stop the sexual behavior with other women or this relationship is done. That's the ultimatum. Yeah. The boundary would be, I can't be in a relationship with someone who does not value me and value the vows we made in our marriage of monogamy. I'm going to leave this relationship. But isn't that basically saying the same thing? One of them is for me, not contingent on anything you're doing. And the other one is based on if your actions right. match your words, if you're going to change, if you're going to do what you say you're going to do. Right. So, so this is, I guess what we're, we're uh, trying to get to the crux of is how, how he's wording things or the message that he's yeah. sending here. Right. And, and how that's going being perceived or whatever. Um, you know, he, from my perspective, like compared to, a lot of things he could say. This isn't actually all that bad. I mean, he's just yeah. saying, "Look, I, I don't like the, this list of behaviors, and if if you like those things more than you like me, then you know I'm out." Yeah, yeah I um, like that he was he was reflective enough to say this type of behavior is not compatible with me in rom romantic partnership. I was like, as yeah. I was reading, I was like, "Okay, pilot, good yeah. for you, man, stating what you want." But then as we were going down, I was like. Mm. Yeah, because he's not he's not um, saying you have to change. He's just saying, look, if, if uh, these things are a problem for me, if they if, what's that? Did you see the other text messages? I saw We'll get to those in a second. We're we're, we're seeing one side of the text. What we don't yeah. see is um, what we don't see is uh, her text or her side of the things, because Jonah Hill hasn't leaked any of her. He's respecting her a little bit here and not leaking all the gory details. And I'm sure there are probably some gory details on both sides. I mean, this sounds like kind of a messy thing. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, let, let's go through some of her, his other, uh, his other posts here. So here's one, take some accountability and operate with respect. It's that simple because I'm tired of your attitude towards surf culture, that contest and that place, because I deserve respect, period. I've been more than patient and then shit like this is still here. Fuck that contest, fuck that place, and fuck not respecting me always in every situation within surf culture. Or you don't get it. And you don't get me. It's hurtful and unacceptable to me. Get it? I don't know if you get it or care or give a shit about that shit more than me even or after Dr. Stern has said it loud and clear. Dr. Stern, I guess, is their couples therapist. Mm -hmm. That they've been seeing once a week. Here's some other, here's some other stuff. 
here he says screenshotting intimate text between us is a huge triggering violation for me and a breach of trust as a friend so i've explained to you about breaches and trust uh blah 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 i'm incredibly hurt and feel a lack of safety where i've always trusted you i'm sorry if a former partner moving on is painful and i empathize with that but i've done every, i've done nothing wrong and if i wasn't a public person i wouldn't face this kind of violation and having shared with you and then watching you be like uh, this today shatters my ability to trust anybody even further i've always shown you kindness and support yeah i mean I, look he's uh he's expressing yeah you know a lot of the way he's expressing his pain is kind of tragic right it, it doesn't get to the heart of what his needs are and um yeah like you know, what i'm gathering from all these messages is that he is very insecure yes he has difficulty trusting. Right. Trust is very important to him. Yep. Um, and I, I feel like any person will be like, yeah, those are values that I would honor and want in relationships myself. Right. But And, and you know, I, I think your I just, ori original point about why be with this girl in the first place is, yeah. uh, is an interesting one because look, there, there are obviously some red flags here, right? I mean, you know, boundaryless, you know, like if these things are correct, boundaryless, inappropriate friendships with men, uh, posting sexual pictures, friendship with women in unstable places. I mean, these, these should be red flags. And, yeah. you know, it, it, like th they go to a type of character that is kind of confirmed by the fact that she leaks the test texts out about their private moments. Right. And is posting this stuff all over social media. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can't speak to her why, like what happened oh. that pushed her to the point of choosing to share this publicly. But she also shared some of the photos that he was talking about in particular. Oh. And they were very not risky at all photos, like not at all against an Instagram violation. She was wearing a scuba diving long sleeve like top right. and bikini bottoms. Yeah. Yeah. You so look like you're at work. So he's, he's very insecure about the stuff. And, um, she apparently deleted a bunch of pictures too, yeah. that he didn't like. And, and so, um, you know, here's, yeah, the, the lesson here I think is Jonah don't, uh, you know, don't hook up with a, a woman who is, uh, and, and expect her to change. Don't hook up with someone who, um, you know, their identity is walking around in a swimsuit and make a living walking around in a swimsuit and maybe expect them to change. But also on the other side, Hey, um, when your boyfriend realizes he made a mistake and is saying, Hey, you know, what do you want me or this lifestyle of yours? Uh, maybe don't post his stuff all over social media and try to make him out to be a bad guy and make him the brunt of um, all this stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I still feel red flags about Jonah. Yeah, there's definitely some some yeah. red flags there. I mean, he's insecure. Um, and he, just the story of being, and I've seen it time and time again, the story of being the overweight, fat, nerdy kid right. that then gets, loses his weight and gets trim and all the ladies are about him and he's getting all this attention from women that he never used to get, but he still yeah. has that underlying insecurity of being the loner fat kid. 
And so that starts coming out in the relationship because he starts right. getting pretty girls that are popular, that are going to be desired from other people because unfortunately society judged him for being overweight. Yeah. Right. So now he's going to start dating those pretty skinny girls. They're going to be pretty girls. that get a lot of tension that could really have any guy out there. What is Jonah going to offer? Right. So that's well, probably where his right, thought right. process this this is it and so jonah has to figure out what he wants in a relationship right does he want uh it sounds like he wants maybe more of a traditional relationship right where uh, you know respect is something that came up quite a bit in his uh in the text i saw and uh you know respect is something that guys all kind of need they they want to feel respected but in order to get respect you know you you have to be the type of person that um that earns that respect right you have to be someone worthy of respect and, you know, so you have to, first of all, understand what you want in a relationship and the standards that you want, and then find someone that, that is compatible with those standards. Like if no, if Jonah wants a, uh, uh, a committed relationship with someone who's going to be a wife, who's going to raise kids, you know, maybe, uh, Instagram models and surfing culture people aren't the place to go to to have that kind of thing and and like you said what what uh jonah is, is probably experiencing for the first time is female attention and you know he he likes it right and he's he is uh blinded by <laughs> well he's letting his dick control his brain is what's happening here you know he's looking at a pretty girl and being like, this girl wants me. And, and then he's being struck with the fact that, hey, she's not the traditional kind of marriage material that I want. I really want her to be that traditional marriage material. Hey, don't you want this sexy surf girl who's getting all this attention and having all this boundaryless fun? And she's like, uh, I don't know. No, I, I kind of like what I'm doing. Hey, Jonah, you got to eject and find someone who is more in line with your thinking there. And you're going to have to probably, um, you're probably going to, you know, you, you might have a hard time finding a woman who is used to getting lots of male attention, who makes a living out of, um, you know, making boners and, <laughs> and uh, you know, you're, you're going to have a hard time finding what you want with that. So you might have to like, look past their looks and actually date someone based on personality and shared values and goals rather than just follow your dick around. Yeah. And yeah. go to therapy. Keep going to therapy, Jonah. Yeah. Therapy would probably be a good thing to keep going to, but you know what? It sounds like he, he's going quite a bit. I mean, he made a documentary on Netflix about his therapist. And so he's had lots of therapy and uh, you know, I, I see elements of that, but. Yeah, I see elements of it because he knows how to use the right language, but still. Right. And I uh, sense it's a little controlling. Well, it's not controlling though, because he's he's just saying, look, if you want to be with me, this is what you have to do. And ultimatum. you know, well, it's it's a boundary. It's or or it, an ultimatum and a boundary are, you know, ultimately the same thing, I think. You know, it's just look, look, I'm gonna yeah. exit this relationship. Unless I see behavior changes. And then the correct thing for her to say is, okay, well, I'm not going to change my behavior because I like who I am and I like what I'm doing. And so I guess, see ya. I'm going to ask my therapist this question. What is the difference between an ultimatum and a boundary? I feel like she would say they're different because an ultimatum 
put something on the other person. Like you have to do this or I'm, you know, withdrawing myself. Whereas a boundary is only for me. It doesn't put any pressure on you to change or do anything at all. The boundary just says, this isn't cool with me. So I'm removing myself from it. Well, but that's the same thing. It would put pressure on you regardless. If you really valued this relationship and, um, and I'm saying, look, I can't, I, I, this is just too triggering for me. I'm too insecure then I about would this. expect him to go to therapy and fix what's wrong with him, not project that onto me. Yeah, fair enough. But, but maybe they're well, legitimate things too, right? I mean, like, uh, you know, would me again, having, uh, sex with lots of women, you know, how would you deal with that? Right. Would that be, that would trigger you. When should I just tell you, Hey, you know what? Go to therapy and sort your shit out, sort your shit out so that you're comfortable with everything I'm doing and what I choose to do with my life. Cause if you love me, you'll be with me. Right. But I don't know. You're talking specifically about sex with other people while you're in a monogamous relationship and sure. their situation is just, but it, but it, but it work. could be anything. It could be, um, you know, maybe I, I like looking at porn or maybe I like going out with my friends and spending lots of money. And, you know, uh, like my my monetary habits are not conducive to building a long term relationship. And I just say, well, just you're just going to have to go to therapy and deal with it because that's not my issue. Right. When you're in a relationship with someone, you have to ha- find common goals and and values. And at some point you have to decide, okay, um, where are our boundaries? Where are the lines where we're not willing to go? And, you know, at this point, she, if she were, um, if she loved what she was doing and she valued it more than a relationship with Jonah, she'd say, okay, well, uh, my boundary is this, I'm, I'm not changing for you. Right. And Jonah might say, well, you know, my, my, I don't know if you call it a boundary, but my expectation is this in a relationship. And, you know, this is what I want in a partner. And if I can't have that in a partner, then I'm leaving to find some who I can have in a partner. Now we could talk about like the way Jonah's talking, describing it, because it is somewhat manipulative and it does, it, it could send the wrong message. It could put her on the defense and say, okay, well, if I, you're telling me if I don't change that, this is going to happen. Um, so, you know, the way I might word it is, look, you know, I, here, here is what I need in a relationship or here's what I need. I, I want security. I want uh, to know that we're building. I want a partner that I'm building a life together with. And um, I want to know that there's a future here, that kids are in the future, that blah, blah, blah. And, and that is that is what I'm looking for. Now, what about you? And that could start a productive conversation. Um, and, and I might say, look, the story in my head is that you're not interested in any of that. You're having these boundaryless kind of, um, relationships with other men. So it, it seems like you're keeping your, um, leveraging your sexual market value, you know, in a way that is, you know, uh, that, that is not conducive to, you stay, being in a long-term committed relationship where kids are going to be the thing, it seems like uh, you're you're leveraging your sexuality for money, and you know I, I'm not comfortable 
having the mother of my future mother of my children being like that. Uh, our dogs are. Um, and and so the story in my head is that you're you're more interested in that than you are in in starting a life with me. You know, am I right or am I wrong here? And she might say, well, no, look, I, I want all those things that you're talking about. And I see what I'm doing now as a means to that end. And, you know, it, it will open up a conversation about mm -hmm. uh, shared values. It'll open up a conversation about um, when she's doing these things and she's doing it with a shared goal in mind um, that that maybe I, I then see, okay, that makes me feel better about those things. I, I, mm -hmm. I can see where you're going with that and, you know, can see how that could, could work in a relationship. But instead what he's done is look, if you're doing all these things, it's, you know, there's no conversation. It's over. We're done. Right. And mm -hmm. so what he's saying is you must change or I'm out. There's no conversation yeah. to be had. And that, that I think is where the controlling bit comes in or where the perception of control yeah. comes in. Um, you know, there's no room for dialogue here. It's like either these things go or I go. And, and then she does that too. Right. So, so you'll notice it doesn't fix the relationship when she takes down, uh, you yeah. know, uh, posts that are pretty risque or whatever, where she's wearing yeah. a thong or different things like that. So she'll take those down. Okay. Now I complied with your wishes. Everything should be good. But it's not good because Jonah still has that insecurity and he's still like, are you still the type of person that I want to be with? And and what Jonah really wants here is not for her to take down the pictures. He wants her to be the type of woman that has sees a future with him and that is working towards it and that wouldn't do those, wouldn't think of doing those things to begin with because she's now in a committed relationship headed somewhere with another partner. But um, he doesn't know how to express that uh, in, in a way that isn't triggering or puts her on the defensive mm -hmm. i honestly i think a lot about even me and quinn and the boundaries that we had to set around the stuff that i was posting on social media right because i've done photo shoots i've done boudoir shoots i posted pictures on my instagram in a thong bikini and there actually was a time where quinn was concerned about the things that i'm posting yeah. and when we had a conversation about it and he learned what my goal was with posting. And so the story in his head was I'm posting sexual images. It's for men to see it and for men to get a, me to get attention from men and have them slide in my DMs and be engaging these conversations with other men. No, my reason for doing it was to embrace my femininity, to step out of my comfort zone, to embrace my normal, I should normal body, you know, like cellulite and stretch marks and rolls. And so I was doing it to just, just for myself. And when I felt so empowered and beautiful, I wanted to share that with other women. I wanted to share with them like, Hey, I have rolls in cellulite and I'm still getting half naked in front of the camera. And it made me love myself even more. I want you to do it too. And right. so when I showed him my insights on my Instagram, like, look, most of my followers are women. He's, and again, it did not get controlling at all. I volunteered to show him my DMS. Like most of my DMS are women. The odd creepy dude slides in there. Sure. And majority of my followers are women. And once he understood that message and understood, like I grew up in a time where I looked up to skinny magazine cover models, like social media has influence. So right. once he understood my message, he was completely fine with everything right. that I posted. 
Yeah. And so having that dialogue and, and you know what, there might be men that, that just don't understand. I mean, look, I'm a bit old yeah. fashioned. I, I personally have a hard time understanding the old, I'm, I'm dressing sexy for me thing because while well, you're not dressing sexy for you because you're going out in public or you're, you're vaunting it on social media. And you know, the way I kind of come to grips with it a little bit is that, and, and so for example, if your mom, uh, was, was, dressing sexy and acting as flirty as she did before we got together and she continued doing that you know i'm gonna have an issue with that i'm like yeah i don't buy the i'm doing it for me thing because you don't you wear pajamas around the house and you wear that when you go out so if you're doing it for you you'd wear it behind closed doors and and just wear it walking around feeling good about yourself but but the reason it makes you feel good is that you look good and you look fucking sexy and that you're getting attention and maybe you, you, you may, may, attention from you right you want attention from me for sure for sure and yeah. and, and and look that there's nothing wrong with wanting attention when you go yeah. out all right yeah. uh and being able to dispose of that attention is a very powerful feeling it's like yeah you can't have me i'm his kind of thing is is a feeling yeah. and you know, maybe a little bit of like competition or getting your husband like, huh, look at these guys looking at you. I better pay extra special attention. That that's a way of getting attention. I mean, I think there's probably healthier ways of getting that attention than, but, um, but let's not fool ourselves and, and say that there's no sexual aspect to this. The reason women like that is because you look sexy in a thong bikini, even with your body the way it is and hey mm -hmm. look i can still get guys to be interested in me and attractive um when i'm wearing this right so but some guys that might be a bridge too far it's like mm -hmm. i i don't want um a woman that that feels that her self-worth is tied to uh her ability to to wield sexual uh power or something like that mm -hmm. right and and you know Others are, are fine with it. You know, it sounds like Quinn is fine with it. It's like you said, you're not there trying to attract attention. Like a lot of women wear dressed up sexy. And, and this is especially true of um, survival survivors of sexual abuse, right? And, and the most extreme example of this might be someone who goes on to become a, a stripper or something like that, or even a prostitute, because they pick and choose their client. They pick and choose the terms on which people interact with them. Gives yeah. them an incredible sense of power to be able to say yay or nay to people and, and to have all this attention and to have it and still be able to say, no, fuck you. This is mine and I'm going to earn money with it or I'm going to do whatever I want with it. And I've, and that's got to be a very empowering feeling. It's just that it might not be uh, super healthy or the way other people want. And so lesser versions of that are, um, you know, I've been made to feel insecure about myself my whole life uh, by whatever culture, society, this and that. And the way I'm going to overcome that insecurity is by wielding my by taking control of my image and my sexual market value and and saying no. Uh, so, you know, it's kind of on a continuum. And at some point in there, it's going to be, in a, you know, your partner is going to find it inappropriate and, and people are going to be more okay with it and less okay with it somewhere, you know, but that, that is where communication is so important mm -hmm. and dialogue and having a healthy way to communicate. And so, you know, one of the best, um, tools your mom and I found to, to communicate in a healthy way were 
we're not putting each other on the defensiveness. It was um, nonviolent communication, Marshall Rosenberg's book. When we both read that, it was kind of like a, a light went on in our heads about a better way of communicating. Yeah, it's not about getting her to change or getting me to change. It's about it's about if we love each other and I have an unmet need and I know what that need is, giving her the opportunity to help me meet my need, right? Because mm -hmm. she'll want to do that. And likewise, I want to help her meet her need. And so, you know, to me, it's not the argument about the toilet seat being up or down isn't a right or wrong thing. It's not about, well, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to leave the toilet seat down now because that way I'll, I'll stop getting in shit from her. That's not why I put it down. I put it down because she has a need to feel considered. And if there's some way I can help her feel considered, and if that's just putting a toilet seat down, Hey, I feel good about myself now. I want her to feel considered. I want her to, to have that need of consideration met or get her some flowers or do something nice for her or whatever. Mm -hmm. it, it's no longer about which is the correct position of the toilet seat and me complying with her because I don't want, you know, she doesn't want to be with someone who just complies with her every wish. She wants to be with someone who considers her. And, and likewise for me, I don't want be with someone who uh, dresses, uh, who stops dressing super sexy because I said, I, I'm not comfortable with you wearing that outfit. I want someone who uh, wants to be with me, um, you know, because she, she understands what my needs are yeah. and, and, and maybe chooses a different dress to whatever, because she understands, you know, how it helps me or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Another great resource is um, the Gottman Institute, the Gottman couple. It's a husband and wife duo. They're both psychologists and they have the four horsemen and it's the four biggest predictors of divorce, which is contempt, defensiveness, stonewalling, um, defense, contempt, stonewalling, and there's one more, but they have the four antidotes as well as what the four horsemen are. And that has helped Quinn and I a lot, mm. um, mostly with contempt. And so even just changing the language that I use. So normally I would have seen the pile of recycling stacked up on the counter and I would have taken that. And that my internal dialogue would have been like, he never takes out the recycling. He just lets shit pile up for me. He never does anything around here. And he never that's a contemptuous statement. So I catch myself and I stop and I'm like, does he really never take out the recycling though? Hmm. And then I stopped and thought about it. And I was like, actually, I never take out the recycling ever. <laughs> so then I just sat there laughing, bitching about this overflowing bag that I had to tie up. And I just, I completely changed my mind. I thought it was cute and funny. And I started laughing while doing this chore. Right. Like, wow, I never do the recycling. I can do it this one time. And I've got to change how I viewed my partner. Yeah. Well, that's super insightful too, right? It, it, it's, um, you know, th this is the lesson that, that the Stoics had to us. It's like other people aren't causing our suffering. It's the, only, it's our story in our head. That's causing the suffering. That's causing the negative feelings we're having. It's my own thoughts that are causing it. So what are my thoughts? So, so taking the time to examine your own thoughts, why am I upset? It, you know, let's, assume the Stoics are right here and that it has everything to do with me and nothing to do with that other person. Uh, what, what are the thoughts that are causing the suffering? Let's examine them. Are they true or not? Because mm -hmm. that puts you in the driver's seat. It's then like, Oh, I can control this. And you know, if, if, um, 
you know, if it would, if I'd like someone else to help, like Quinn to help me with the chores a bit more, I'll just say, Hey, you know what? Mm -hmm. I'm feeling a bit overwhelmed. Uh, you know, is there anything it, it would really help me if you did the chores, you know, not expecting you to do it or demanding that you do it. I'm just yeah. saying that I, it would feel, time, right? like, feel awesome if, if it'd make me feel really loved if you did that or something like that. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and that's a huge change in perception and, and what Jonah needs or, or, you know, my advice, I think to Jonah here would be go, go a little bit deeper. Right. So um, it's not your, your girlfriend's behaviors that are causing the problem, all this list of surfing with men boundaryless. It's, it's your thoughts about what that means. Right. Mm -hmm. And those thoughts may be true or false. And the thoughts could be, look, she's not interested in a serious committed relationship with me where we're building something together. That's well, check that out with her. Maybe she is totally into that. Maybe not. And if she's not, okay, no hard feelings, uh, then what I need to do is move on. It's not her fault that, you know, I'm not going to, you know, force her to change or demand that she change. She isn't just not interested in the same type of relationship I am. She doesn't have the same goals in life or the same values in life that I have. And so that's totally on me. That's I'm in the driver's seat here. The lesson I should have learned here is watch for these signs right at the start of a relationship so I don't become that invested in this woman and recognize that this isn't the type of woman that that is going to be compatible with me or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What what advice would you have, Summer, then to uh, a woman who finds herself in a relationship? What, what would your advice have been? Uh, let's say this surfer girl was your bestie. And oh. she's going through this and she's showing you this text and saying, this is the text I'm getting from Jonah. What, what advice would you have for her? She's like, I really love this guy. I can see a lot of potential here. Um, what I say, <laughs> girl, take out the trash, take out the trash. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just think for me in my own personal experience, I don't see that relationship going down a good way. Right. Domestic violence never starts out being controlling right from the beginning. It is always very right. small things like, I think this post is too sexy. Can you delete it? Yeah. It starts out small. I was never told what to wear right from the beginning. It, it right. started with like telling me I looked fat in a shirt that I was trying on at the mall so that I wouldn't want to buy it. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Right. Little, right. Like, what could be little messages now? Like, could you delete this post? It makes me feel uncomfortable. I feel like it breaks our trust in our relationship. Whatever he said. Now it's just posts. It's only a matter of time before he's makes her maybe drop down to part-time at her job or stop hanging out with her surfer friends or, you know, not go to your family's house for this Christmas. We'll go to my family's house. Right. Right. Okay. So you, you think there's no redeem redeeming this relationship that it's only headed one direction. That's more yeah. control. Yeah. Right. All right. Yeah. Um, and what advice would you give to, I guess, young women out there? Okay, let, let, let's talk a little bit about your your uh, background. You brought it up a couple mm -hmm. times. Yeah. You were in an abusive relationship. You were hit once and that was the end of it, yeah. right? And uh, your parents, your mom and I were out of town or there yeah. would have been uh, a lot of drama. We, we were, you were in Fort McMurray. We had moved on to Calgary by that point. You were taking some schooling there, finishing up, uh, I think your EMT or something. Right. And, um, 
And, and so you, so what were some of the signs? I mean, I didn't mm -hmm. like the guy right from the start. I saw yeah. red flags yeah. and um, your mom told me to bite my tongue and, and let summer do this. I wish now that, um, you know, fathers, this is a important lesson to you. Your spotty sense is, shouldn't be ignored. And, uh, you know, here's the difference. Like dads are really good at laying down boundaries in the family and moms are more boundaryless, right? And this is kind of an evolutionary psychology thing because women are, you know, there's the old saying that women raise good uh, toddlers and men raise good uh, adults, right? And, and so at a certain point when, when there's, they're a baby and through toddlerhood, uh, there is no boundaries to be had. The, the mom and the infant are one. They, the infant needs mom hundred percent. And so mom just give is wired to give, give, give oh, until wow. she can't give anymore and then give some more. Um, and, and not say, no, that's enough. Whereas dads are better at, no, that's enough. That's where your mom starts yeah. and you stop mystery. You cross the line. You shall not cross that line. Yeah. And so we're, we're wired a little bit different. And so men put up boundaries and enforce boundaries more than women just biologically. Uh, and so, um, so th there's, there was, uh, a conversation that should have had happened between your mom and I, where I should have had, I should have been a little bit more assertive in saying, no, look, this, these are red flags. I can't maybe articulate exactly why I'm getting this vibe, but you need to listen to my vibe here because I've been around a lot of men and this guy is rubbing me the wrong way yeah. um, and for, you know, these reasons that didn't happen. So that's number one lesson from dad and mom to take out of this. But what, yeah. what were some of the, how, how did that evolve? How did you see that escalate up to the point where you were, you were hit? Yeah. So first of all, I would say, I don't know that I would never regret it because it brought me the relationships that I have now and the knowledge of relationships I have now mm -hmm. from domestic violence therapy. But I didn't see anything as bad or red flags yet because it started so gradual. It was cute jealousy, you know, being jealous about where I spent my time on the weekends. Like, why work so much? Stay home with me this weekend. Right. Um, or like finishing a shift and going and hanging out with my girlfriends, like come, come home and hang out with me. So it was so slow and gradual that I didn't even notice it, honestly. Right. And then I got hit and I was like, holy shit, all this is happening. And it wasn't until domestic violence therapy that one of the therapists had said, sometimes the flags are more pink. And it's not until you're on the outside looking down in that you're like, that's how red they were. And so yeah. some of our red flags were steroid abuse, previous history of cocaine use, previous histories of domestic violence in relationships. Um, and these are, these are things I didn't even know about. I just saw this guy, yeah. you know, looks like he's a gym rat. looks like he's pretty invested in his appearance. He's driving a jacked up truck. Uh, I can't remember if it had truck nuts on it or not, but I wouldn't know, but it has red it. interior with a white truck. Yeah. So I, I mean, that rubs me the Who's wrong it? way right off the bat. Um, you yeah. know, just like a superficial. And uh, not that it's because someone, some troll is going to say it. Not that steroids make you aggressive. No, steroids enhance rage. And if you already have rage that you don't know how to deal with. Right. But if you, you know, if you're that invested yeah. as a young man uh, in um, 
and those sorts of things. Okay. I'm, I'm wondering how, how, like, what, where's the evidence of your character? You're focused mm -hmm. on all these superficial things. Mm -hmm. You're focused on, um, what, what I would say are, um, toxic or, or what Jung would say as a psychologist, psychologist he he would call it the the negative masculine right and that is inflation is one of the negative masculine traits so negative negative uh in by inflation that means kind of like ego inflation right like yeah, i'm puffed up, puffed out like this well you, you always we call it ils imaginary lat syndrome guys walking around like they have giant lats and like they're yeah walk the walk okay that's that's a sign yeah that they're advertising that they have an inflated ego that's a that's a, a negative masculine trait, according mm -hmm. to Young. I mean, some of the other things that are negative masculine are um, order for order's sake. So that makes, you know, someone just brittle, you know. Um, uh, man, I, I'm trying to remember some of them. But but we, we see these things now. It's easier to articulate now looking back at them. But you started to see these up front, right? Like you got the sense that he... He was um, he was trying to prevent you from doing the things that you like to do. Yeah, I remember. And he was birthday. and he was doing them in manipulative ways, right? Like, oh, come spend time with me. But you knew yeah. that he really didn't want you spending time with. Yeah. Or like, friends. we only ever fight when we go to your mom's. So do right. you want to go to my mom's, right? Like, we don't, we never fight. Right. We only fight when we go to your parents. Yeah, yeah, because he wouldn't yeah. want to be under our around our scrutinizing eyes because he mm -hmm. probably sensed that hey these people will pick up on yeah uh, and not like not like me and you know mm -hmm. he was astute in there so yeah. okay so he cut kind of cutting you off from from friends yeah. and family kind of thing right? yeah oh yeah and i didn't even realize it was happening right yeah it was so slow yeah and then and you know what I, like i don't know that these things are are um in and of themselves necessarily um well I, I shouldn't say that right like a partner who's like oh don't go out this weekend stay home with me right that's we're not saying that that is red flags it's just he wouldn't say it like that yeah. like, i need to connect with you would you take the day off and no he would say yeah. why are you always going out with your girlfriends all night long like dressed slutty you know yeah he yeah make a request he would abuse right me with it. Um, right but I remember my birthday is the end of April and the day that he hit me and the police came and all that stuff. I remember that day was May 10th. So there was like right. a two or three week period between my birthday and when we broke up. And I remember those few weeks getting the sense that this relationship isn't going to last. I know I won't be marrying him or spending forever with him. I know it's going to end. I just don't know how and when. And I really, I didn't think it would ever be me that was ending the relationship. Maybe because I was scared of him a little bit. Mm. Maybe I was yeah, scared of what would happen if I broke up with him. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. And, and would you say that in your future relationship, there, there was none of that? Like, it sounds like Quinn had some insecurities too around stuff you were doing. Right. Yeah. And he let you know them. Yeah. That they were right. Like you, you mentioned the pictures yeah or whatever and so what was what's the difference between mm. quinn and this old yeah. guy i didn't have pictures like that on my instagram before quinn and i met so that was one thing was like those pictures didn't even show up until the middle of mine and quinn's relationship so before posting them was when 
we had this discussion of what the boundaries look like for us. Right, right. But but what I'm getting at, Summer, is, yeah. um, you know, in the past, your boyfriend would, would have, like, you know, th there was stuff you were doing that he yeah. didn't like, and he yeah. he would try to manipulate you into not doing those things, right? He wouldn't yeah. be very direct about it. It no. didn't sound. Um, it, it sounded like he was more indirect, like, yeah, spend time with me like instead of, so, so what I'm getting at is, okay, if, if I'm a young girl and I'm in a relationship, how do I know the difference between uh, mm -hmm. a Quinn and a Cole, right? Oh, my goodness. So, so they both have, are seeing things about your behavior that, that are triggering their mm -hmm. own insecurities. Okay. Yes. yes so, yeah. so it can't be insecurity. Insecurity can't be a deal breaker. You're going to yeah. be with someone who is at times going to feel insecure. They're also going to feel, yeah. and you're going to also going to feel insecure yeah. about maybe some of the things they're doing. So yeah. what, what is the difference? So I guess the difference was Quinn was willing to be open and hear my side. He was willing to get curious about my thoughts and feelings around these posts and what these posts mean to me and my intention with them. Whereas mm. Cole was, you're not allowed. Right. And he wouldn't say you're not allowed. He would just say like, you look fat in that, or that's going to go to your ass if I was eating right. something. Right. What a douche. Yeah. I, I can see why you, why you want to stay away from us because we would not have tolerated that kind of shit. Well, I didn't want to stay away from you. I wanted to be with you guys. Yeah. You didn't want to. And no. the thing is, like, some of these comments that he made were so, he would, like, weasel them in that it just didn't seem like it was bad. And I remember one time specifically at your guys' house in Calgary, and we ordered pizza. And this is, like, 2015 when the Kim Kardashian booty was really in. Everyone thought they could go get one of those at the gym. So I'm like, I really want to grow my butt. And we were eating pizza and I was hungry and I went for like, what, my third, fourth slice. And he had said, that's going to go to your ass. And mom's jaw dropped. She couldn't believe he said something like that. And I didn't feel any type of way about it. And when mom like made a reaction, he's like, well, she said she's been wanting to grow her butt. Like, I'm just saying like, how do you get mad at him for that? I said, I want my butt to get bigger. And he's saying, well, that pizza's going to go to your ass. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's the yeah, shit yeah. that he did. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, buy a sexy top at the mall and he'd be like, I can see your back fat in it. So that I wouldn't want to buy it. Right. Bought the top anyway. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, so, I, I mean, I think that the key takeaway then is um, in a healthy relationship, when there's insecurities, your partner uh, talks to you about how they're feeling. You explore the topic. He gets curious about why you're posting those. Mm -hmm. Check and the story. me, I got curious about why he felt the type right. of way. And then I learned, okay, the story in his head is that is completely opposite of the reason I'm doing it. And so getting curious about his feelings and why he feels them and what his thought process is. And I was able to learn from him that he works away in camp where a lot of the men talk about sending their entire paycheck to the ex-misses or the misses and that she spends a whole paycheck. And meanwhile, she's having an affair on the side. Tons of the men he's surrounded by, that is their life story. So right. yeah. I can understand wanting that assurance in a relationship that, you know, it's it's me and you. So hearing his insecurities and being able to assure him that that is not my intention. It, right. Yeah. 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 It 
I felt heard and felt like I got to continue expressing my message of femininity and body positivity. And he felt heard and assured in our relationship that I'm not a hoe. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, and I mean, look, that's so important, that communication piece. And, um, you know, too often our communication is, is adversarial, right? It's like, it's a battle. It's like one of us is right. One of us is wrong. And it's going to be an argument to see which one is right and which one is wrong. And as soon as you enter that type of conversation, uh, you've both lost. You're both, you know, if, if one person wins the argument, well, they've still lost because the other, just because the other person is now complying with your wishes, they might be doing it resentfully. They might be doing exactly. it because of oh, fuck this fuck her for, you know, I'll do yeah. this just to get and off my back or kind of thing. Resentment leads to contempt, right? which is the number one predictor of divorce. Right. And you know what? One of the biggest signs of contempt is that is highly associated with divorce. Yeah. Eye rolling. If a partner, oh. if, if someone is rolling yeah. their eye eyes, when their partner is talking, that's associated with something like 60% yeah. or higher yeah. no correlation with divorce. Well, it's a outward sign of contempt. And as soon as you yeah. have contempt for a partner, it's over. And the way to breed contempt is to have adversarial arguments, right? The way to uh, disabuse yourself of that and to create more loving, intimate connection is to do exactly what you described you and Quinn doing, which is yeah, not to not not to ignore my insecurity or go to go to therapy and deal with that insecurity. It's to have a conversation with my partner about that insecurity to open up my heart to my partner and say, this is what I'm insecure about. When I see you doing this triggers insecurity in me, I'm not saying it's your fault, not saying anything, but this is a story in my head. Hmm. And, and so yeah. completely owning your own thing. And then that invites you to be like, Oh, I didn't realize you yeah. felt that way. I don't want you to feel insecure. And I'm definitely yeah. that story in your head is, is wrong, by the way, I'm, I'm completely mm -hmm. committed to this. And now that brings you closer or yeah. it might've gone the other way too. It might've been, you know what? Um, I don't care about your insecurity. I don't care about this need you have for a committed partner and stuff. I'm going to be a little skank ass hoe and I love my skank ass hoeiness. And that's that. So, okay. That, that also would have been a win because then it would have been very clear to both of you. This relationship isn't for each other. You're not mm -hmm. for each other. And you left. I'm glad you guys <laughs> didn't go that route. I'm glad I you're know. not a skanky asshole. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't raise one of those. Um, but this is this is the piece that is also missing from Jonah's text. Of course, we don't know what's going on behind the yeah. scenes and what's going on in therapy with them. But but like you say, this this text is um kind of adversarial in the sense that it it's like it's not opening up room for dialogue, it's not opening up. He's not opening up his heart to his girlfriend here. He's not yeah. explaining what his insecurities are or why these things make him insecure. Maybe that's happening behind the scenes. Um, in fact, it probably is if he's going to therapy and he's, you know, but, you mm -hmm. know, he's obviously triggered and he's sending out things that are not going to help him uh, create the connection that he wants and create, you know, um, get, get his needs met. Uh, so this is a tragic way of doing that. So. Yeah. Awesome. Well, you know what? We spent almost an hour talking about this. Uh, hopefully, guys out there, did you find this entertaining, useful, enjoyable? Is this valuable to you, my audience? Let me know in the comments. Uh, maybe I'll have Summer or my other daughter, Sarah, or me and my boys on to talk about different things. If you find that interesting, uh, let me know in the comments. Send me a message. Summer, 
you've got a very successful makeup brand. You just launched it. I'm super yeah. proud of you. you. You have your own makeup. Yeah. And, um, you know, for those women who want to accentuate their beauty and and signal that they are reproductively healthy, because uh, <laughs> that's what I'm makeup is. Your makeup services for that's that right. photo shoot. Go, that's right. Go to Summer Glow Beauty, and uh, you know you could you could use the product to be an Instagram hoe, or you can do it for a private boudoir shot for your. You can do it to get married to the love of your life on your wedding day. Summer caters to all those people. Uh, no judgment uh, and <laughs> goes from there. So go to Summer Glow Beauty. Check out Summer. Thanks so much for uh, joining me on the Timone Show, and and also thank you so much for opening up about your past. I didn't want to bring it up, but I'm glad you did, and I'm glad that. Um, you learn from it and you're never going back there. And I'm glad I, I didn't have to go to jail for killing that guy and that we were separated. Uh, it all worked out for the best in the end. So, um, yeah, thank you for that. All right. Thanks. Bye, sweetie. Bye.